My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Ooh, I got a feeling something good is going to happen. And there is something. It's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Oh, hi. You look good. <laughs> Have you been working out? Is that a new shirt? Come in. No, no, come in, come in, come in. Welcome to this, the latest scoop of freshly mixed UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The UK's least sporty weekly tech podcast, neatly burned into your head. Every Friday, like an astronaut re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment spritz from the editors of PC Advisor, Techworld, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday we are sentenced to an audio prism, using audio snout as currency with which to purchase audio luxuries, exercising in the audio prison yard, and working in the audio prison shop sewing audio mailbags in order to earn enough to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the voice of the people, Jim Martin, Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The People's Champion, Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. And the People's Princess, David Price, Acting Editor of Macworld UK. All right. This week we are talking Windows Sky TV and Holly Holly Holidays. On your marks, get set, go! I go cleaning windows to earn an honest bob. For a nosy packer, it's an interesting job. Jim Martin, welcome to the pod. Thank Microsoft you very much. is having a party and everyone is invited. What's going on? Well, this week, uh, it's, uh, there's some news that uh, they're going to release the Windows Anniversary Update on August the 2nd. That's so, not actually up the uh, anniversary, is it? What What is the Windows Anniversary Update? Well, it's uh, what Microsoft's billing as a massive update to Windows 10, and it's free, of course. Has it actually like used we- the word massive? Um, it's not a very yeah, Microsoft I mean, word. They haven't used that in their marketing materials as such. But they are they are saying this is the biggest one yet. Did they say mega? Um, I'm going to say... Ginormous. 
Yeah, all of those. Yep. They, they, they've got all of those on their blog, I think. So is it a big deal? Is it a big deal? I think it is if you've got a Surface. If you have a tablet with a pen, then you're going to get a nice upgrade in terms so of Windows Ink. Those 12 people will be very excited. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, about you know the two people listening to this who've got a Surface are going to be yeah, really excited. Basically, they're going to get... Uh, much better capabilities with their stylus. So you know, we're, one of the one of the cool things that you can do is you can scribble notes on your tablet screen even when you haven't even unlocked it, and right. then it'll record all those notes, and you get um, you, you, well, you don't have to worry about unlocking it basically. So that's technologically really quite impressive. But uh, what about for your average? Win- so this is an update to Windows 10. Does everybody get it? Everyone will get it, so it'll be on PCs, laptops, things with without touchscreens, things with touchscreens. All Windows 10 uh, devices will get this update, and it will be totally free. And are we? Where are we with Windows 10 adoption right now? I presume because it was free, and because basically, pretty much everybody from Windows 7 onwards could get it. Are most people on Windows 10 now? Do we know? Um, certainly, Microsoft wants everyone to be on Windows 10. They're saying that over 300 million PCs have already got it, and obviously they are being really aggressive in the way that they're uh, almost forcing people to update, and they're certainly in trouble this week with with the woman who's uh, suing them for $10,000 because her her laptop updated to Windows 10 when she didn't want it. Windows $10,000, nice. See what she did there. Yeah. It's quite good. So so rolling back to this, this anniversary update... What are the features that should be of interest to your average Windows user? Um, that's the where you kind of you come unstuck because probably there aren't that many features that people are going to think, "Wow, look at this amazing new uh, feature I've got." They're going to get better Cortana, so Cortana will have a few extra capabilities. You'll be able to use Cortana without logging in. There's all there seems to be this theme of using your PC without logging in, right? And uh, you'll be able to ask Cortana to set a reminder or make a note or even, you know, play your Beyonce album without logging in. Um, I just keep thinking, and maybe this is the criminal in me. Well, I just keep thinking of the possibilities of being able to make notes or uh, set reminders on somebody else's... You want to draw a penis on someone else's uh, That was what I first thought of. It's just going to be tons of pranks. Yeah. There is huge prank potential. Massive prank potential. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't talk about that. That's very Microsoft. I I guess, um, like those those amazing words you you were suggesting that they used, they're not really going to advertise that fact. Um, But it's a convenience thing, isn't it? So people can can do what they need to do without having to worry about security and authentic authentication and stuff like that. Um, and that actually follows on to another feature which is coming, which again is going to affect hardly anyone because they're improving Windows Hello and they're improving the way that you can, un- again, log in or unlock your device by um, having your Windows phone, which has some kind of biometric, maybe a fingerprint reader or some scanner or, or something like that so that you can just tap your phone and it will unlock your windows 10 machine that's right. cool that's what we were hoping for which wwdc is, which is pretty much what yeah what everyone wanted with apple but apple yeah. went for the apple watch for the um, authentication whereas windows is going for the for the phone um i wonder if the intention in the longer term is for that feature to be available to non-windows phones 
because it does seem like it's just a guess, but it does seem like Microsoft is rolling back from the idea that everyone has to be on a Microsoft device. Yeah, Nutella, N- Nadella, Nutella, <laughs> Satya Nutella is very keen on um, uh, cross-platform use of Windows yeah. to Microsoft tools. There's plenty of Microsoft apps already across yeah. Android and iOS, so I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. To be fair, of course, um, Microsoft hasn't said that it is exclusively Windows right. 10 devices that have to do this, but it also hasn't said you'll be able to use your iPhone, you'll be able to use an Android phone. So let's hope that they, they do listen to this podcast and they do update it so that we can use our, our normal phones that we actually own. Sorry for getting your name wrong, Satya. That was... Is it Satire as well? <coughs> I don't know. Satya? Satya? Satya Nutella, isn't it? Yeah. I call him Satya Nutella. <laughs> I think, I think that will be how we'll, how we'll refer to him now. Are, so... they, are they giving up on the idea of the billion devices now as well? It's going to be embarrassing. Well, the if, it's interesting... if it's only 300 million now, and they're about to start... They're about to start charging, aren't they? In theory, they're about to start charging. They might not, though. That was one of the questions I was going to ask, because we always presumed uh, at the beginning that the deadline was more to encourage people to upgrade than that they were going to start charging at any stage. Exactly, because if there's no deadline, <clears throat> there's no rush to yeah. upgrade, and yeah. people don't want their machine to break. You know, They, they don't think necessarily that they need Windows 10 um, if they're already happy with Windows 7 or... So the, the deadline is supposed to be like soon, isn't it? It's supposed yeah. to be the 29th of July, which would be exactly one year right. since the upgrade, uh, since the free upgrade started. Which is why it's a little bit odd that they are not launching the anniversary update on that date. Right. And I suppose, again, if we were if we're holding true to that theory, then it, the anniversary edition is another means of sort of getting people like us to talk about Windows to kind of encourage people to be on Windows 10 especially if as you say it's not a, a particularly spectacular update would that be fair do we think I think that would be fair to say yeah it's I think Microsoft definitely wants everyone to upgrade and whether or not it will say hey you know you know that deadline we gave you yeah well, you know we're extending it I wouldn't be surprised yeah, sure. if, they, yeah. if they do say that. Well, um, it was um, at least a year, wasn't it? It would yeah. be free for at least a year, I think. So, okay, so 300 million devices. David, the Apple guy, thinks that's a disgraceful number. Uh, well, I didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think most of us can agree that, you know, that, that is a lot of devices. I, I think Windows 10 is certainly in use in a lot of places. What's the feeling we get in terms of its popularity? I mean, anecdotally... And this is always the case. But on our Windows 10 review on PC Advisor, for instance, we get lots of comments slagging us off for being broadly positive about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your average Joe on the street doesn't like it. What are we hearing? What do we feel about um, Windows 10? Well, you, as, as everything, you know, the, the people who comment are the, are the most vocal people. Um, and I think that the average person who upgrades is not going to, is not going to comment anywhere. So yeah. I think... You're never going to know what the average feeling is, but from the people I've spoken to, they certainly haven't got this hatred for it yeah. that, that you see in the comment threads. It's just um, software, isn't it? It's it just, just software. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a few new apps, and you know Microsoft has obviously made them the default. So if you play an MP3 or yeah. you open a photo, it opens the new apps, and yeah. that's unfamiliar. So people don't like it, but. You know, when you say to them, hey, you know, those old apps, they're still there. Yeah. You can still use Windows Media Player. You can still use the photo viewer. You know, it's, it's pretty much 
everything is exactly how you had it in Windows 7. Yeah. Um, there's a few nice little additions that you'll appreciate when you get to use it. And it's, it's, um, it's pretty quick, it's stable. Chris, are you a Windows 10 user? Yeah, I use it every day on my desk. But, and I like... Stick like, it on your computer. It's, it's, perfectly, <laughs> it's, perfect, it's perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, it's quick and stable, And but I use it like I used Windows 7. Yeah. Whereas Windows yeah, 8 too. was had annoying quirks, whereas I don't really find that with Windows 10. Yeah. So I'll probably, I think I'm going to upgrade all my Windows 8 machines to Windows 10 before the deadline. Yeah. But all uh, my uh, PC and laptop at home, I'm going to leave on Windows 7. Yeah. I, I must admit, I I found Windows 8 broadly the same, actually. I just used it essentially in its desktop. Yeah. That's the great uh, tragedy of, of the... Uh, the kind of forced Microsoft upgrade is that no one really ever used the tiled interface. It's just basically Windows, which, frankly, is perfectly fit for purpose. Yeah. And with occasional missteps, which were usually half-baked, like Vista, like probably Windows 8. Um, Definitely. I just it, never use any of the newer features, no. like the apps and But it's a bit like we were talking about Samsung. And, or the Charms Bar, whatever yeah. it's called. It's just never really it's, bothered. It's like these companies feel the need to add features yeah. so they can talk about the features, but the reality is Windows is stable, it does what it's supposed to do, Yeah, it's all right. I mean, there is one more feature um, that might persuade some people to upgrade from Windows 7 at home, and that's if they're gamers, because obviously Windows 10 has DirectX 12, and if you if you don't have an Xbox, or yep. you do have an Xbox One, they're bringing out a load of these games, which is Xbox Anywhere. So you can buy the game once, yep. either on Xbox or on Windows, and you get to play it on both platforms. But there are also other things, like they're, they're releasing some games for free on Windows 10. Uh, so Forza Apex, uh, for example, is the, it's the first time Forza's ever been on Windows. Uh, it's free on Windows 10. Uh, you've got DirectX 12 in Windows 10, which, in theory, they're never going to release for Windows 7. You never... You never know whether they will, but if if all the games are moving to DirectX 12, you're only going to get that in Windows 10. So there are a few extra reasons and the, to upgrade. And the ecosystem is definitely still alive, because we saw this week with the AMD Polaris um, release. That's VR-capable graphics cards for under £200. We've seen similar news recently from NVIDIA. Intel's got all sorts of things going on. So people are still buying PCs, right? Definitely. I think, um, if anything... The, the the gaming community mm. is is increasing with Windows PCs and um, and with these new cards which um, are making big news this week really especially AMD's announcements um, there's there's definitely a mileage in the PC yet yeah interesting what do you think David I um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't like <clears throat> PCs as you know but uh, yeah is it as good as uh, Sierra no. Is it as good as a Ford car from the eighties? <laughs> uh, probably no. not, actually. To be fair, no, probably not. No, I think it Sierra, depends... Sierras are going up in value now. It depends what you mean by good, though, doesn't it? That's that's the interesting thing. I mean, like you, so you're used to using a Mac, so yeah. you prefer. Well, that's the that. thing. Um, I use both because because at home, as I said before, my, basically I'm relegated or promoted to using my uh, wife's MacBook, and within about five minutes, it's like okay, I've got the hang of this now. Mm. It's just. It's just a different operating system. But I don't feel, when I'm on um, Mac OS, I don't feel a burning desire to go back to Windows, but nor when I'm on Windows do I feel like I'm missing the Mac OS. I think that sums it up pretty well, actually, because if you've already always been used to Windows, you know where everything is, you know how mm. everything works. I mean, I don't use uh, Mac OS um, or even 
OS ten on um, on the desktop. I use iOS uh, on my mobile devices, but I don't use OS ten. And when I have to, sometimes things little you know trip me up because there's no right click on some of the mouses. Oh, no mice. right click! And, sort that out. You know, so, so <laughs> control click. Sometimes I have to Just go and ask a Mac expert to tell me how to do a, a simple task. Um, which that chafes which, at you, doesn't which, it? You don't it like does. That. Whereas if you've always used it, it's you know you know that's not a problem at all. So well, ultimately, users want the same, and the companies want to give us new things. That's yeah, the, that's the problem. Very yeah. true. That's what you guys always say. Yeah. Yeah. Windows has changed. They don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest misunderstanding about Windows 10 is that it hasn't really changed. You know, there's a lot of lot of that hatred that we've talked about, but really, it's the same underneath. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is trying to find a Mac expert anywhere around. I don't, I don't know where to find one. You don't need to be a Mac expert. No such thing. It's so easy. It just <laughs> There's works. no user manual. You don't need one. Yeah. Right. Let's close this conversation by uh, going around the room. Windows win or Microsoft going soft. Jim Martin. <laughs> I don't it's basically the well, this section. I, I ha- this, positive, this probably says that I haven't listened to the podcast ever. Positive <laughs> or negative? Windows win or Microsoft going soft? Yeah, it's a win. It's a win. Windows win. David Price. I don't really feel qualified to. to you have to. That's the whole point about the podcast. You have this to. Like the binary answer is exactly yeah. like. Just go with um, your obvious answer. Uh, oh, going soft. Microsoft Stupid soft. old Microsoft. Casting votes goes to Chris Martin. Windows win or Microsoft going soft. Just about Windows win. Windows win. Excellent. Ooh, well oh, done, yes. well done, Sultana Nutella, or whatever I called you. Uh, you are winning. We'll take a small gap, and then we'll come back to talk about Sky. Hey you, up in the sky, learning to fly, tell me how high. Chris Martin, what has Sky got to show us now? Well, nice link there. Thanks. Uh, Sky has made a kind of double announcement this week. So we've got a new media streamer slash freeview box, which is called the Now TV Smart Box. Wow. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Jim is impressed. (laughs) There's also Now TV Combo, uh, which is the first uh, triple play bundle in the UK uh, without a contract. So that's very interesting, right? Immediately. You're talking about TV, broadband and phone. No that contract. is exactly what I'm talking about. So you can get Sky TV along with free to air TV, um, on demand services such as iPlayer, the usual uh, selection. Uh, your broadband, you can choose which broadband you want and which call package you want, um, yeah, without a contract. That's amazing. Uh, what is, so that's what's in that package. You also mentioned that there was a set-top box, yeah. a new set-top box. Is that anything like as interesting? Yeah, well, it kind of, so it comes, if you get this new thing called TV, uh, Now TV Combo, it comes with the new box um, and it also comes with their new hub router which is fairly it's not the most outstanding router but it does come with one because you're ordering broadband yeah but you can buy the now tv smart box on its own if you don't want uh any of that stuff you can buy it for 40 quid so Um, how does it work as a model then if you're going to get this non-contract stuff presumably there's quite a big upfront cost is there um well i've got the massive pricing table in front of me because i just couldn't remember it so you choose which Now TV pass you want. So Now TV consists of entertainment, which is channels like Sky Atlantic, Sky One. You can uh, get Sky Cinema, which is the new name for Sky Movies, yeah. which is basically their version of Netflix. 
Um, you can get Sky Sports, which is obviously the seven sports channels, and then the latest one is the kids one, which is obviously all the kids channels. So you choose which one, which monthly pass you want, and obviously you don't have to have just one. Yeah. Um, then you choose which broadband package you want, so you choose the basic uh, 17 megabits per second broadband, and then either 38 megabits bits fiber or 76 megabits fiber and then depending on your choices um you get a different price so the cheapest one is 9.99 a month that's for the entertainment pass um with regular broadband and then you the only other cost or costs are the line rental which is 17.99 a month and then you if you're taking the combo you'll have to potentially pay for broadband installation so what's the i mean there must be a minimum term especially with line rentals. there is i don't as far as i'm aware there is no but you can have it for like a day so you have to have it for a month yeah a month it's it's like it's like a a rolling month okay like and you're getting your line rental from them yeah okay so you could in principle spend 28 quid so yeah it's 27.98 for the kind of most basic package which comes with a bunch of sky channels like I mentioned, uh, regular broadband, um, and that's that's with pay-as-you-go calls, so you just pay for any yeah. calls that you make. And I presume that their, their assumption will be that no one's going to do it for a month. You're basically going to like yeah. the package. And... Yeah. Well, people always stay with things, right? Yeah. And they all depend on that. And then, obviously, you can add the other, like, you can use Now TV if you've got the entertainment package, for example, yeah. and you just wanted to watch a day of Sky Sports, you can just get the day pass, just like you can with any other yeah, so, now TV so package. David could- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You buy his test matches he's talked about in the past. Yeah. Or actually, Sky Sports is so expensive. Well, what you might find, because people do this, people sort of do this unofficially, don't they? They, they, they 
back out of the contract at the end of the football season and then resubscribe at the start of the football season. This just facilitates that, I suppose, if you want to. I mean, they're yeah. idiots. They should be subscribing for the cricket and rugby league during the summer, but, you know, different strokes for different folks. I'm, I'm, I think some of, the, some of these packages are going to be quite good because if you do add... So if you add the Now TV Pass for entertainment and the broadband together, it's six ninety nine and £8. But on this Now TV combo, it's nine ninety nine. Yeah. So it's quite good Super cheap. value. It, and it and it is a freebie box at the same time, so yeah. you get all the you'll get all the normal channels yeah, see, as I well. I wouldn't. I'm not bothered about Game of Thrones, uh, so you know you can have your Sky Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, and the kids, no, they're not allowed to watch TV. So basically, just get the sport. Yeah, yeah. superb. That's pretty uh, pretty good. What what interests me about it is this idea because because where Sky goes, the others will have to follow. So this idea well, of is being... it that way round? Because I was just thinking, why are they doing this now? Is this pressure from other people? Is this because people are just cutting the cord and just getting it from somebody else? I would say, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But I would say that it's more about there's a bit of a land grab going on because I mean, I it used to confuse me years ago the idea that broadband was connected to entertainment, mm. but it's such a, it's such a big part of it all that you you basically end up with one supplier. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's it strikes me that it's a way of using entertainment to presumably pull people from other um, suppliers. Mm. It'd be interesting to know how BT's massive investment in this space has has affected Sky because it must have affected it to an extent. I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, lots of people have UV boxes, yeah. and they're pretty popular, and because they're pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. And if, if you're a BT broadband subscriber, you can get you know. <clears throat> Sky TV much cheaper yeah. than you can if you're a Sky subscriber and you want to get BT Sport. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. What about other things? I mean, I mean, I presume everybody around this table has some kind of TV broadband contract or deal. Yeah, I get it all done from Sky. Same as that. Yeah, I get it all done through BT, but you can equally spend a lot of money mm. uh, per month yeah. on BT stuff. I'm a Virgin guy in TV terms only. Uh, <laughs> Chris Martin. <laughs> I have a combination of BT and Sky. Okay. So Classic BT broad, journalist. I have BT broadband. Well, it's because I review all the boxes. Yeah. So I've, Clever. I've, I kind oh, of have, there's always a review. I have, a big, a, review, I have a big pile of boxes mm. in the lounge. Mm. And uh, how do people feel about this this idea of not having a contract, just just you know, taking it, taking your pick on a month to month basis? It sounds good, but I can't imagine that I'd ever actually change. Yeah. I think I'd just end up treating it as a contract. But I suppose, I suppose there's truth in that as well, because once you've been in a contract for a year, you can get out of it a month's notice mm. anyway. And I haven't. That's it. There's many you, aspects of the service I don't like. Your 12 months are up. It's, even with BT, you know, you can leave at any point, or you can recontract and get some free stuff. Like they're, they're giving you the new, yeah. the new router that you can get for free if you just say, yeah, I'll sign up for another 12 months. I wonder if maybe that's part of it as well, because, again, there's another behaviour that, you know, it, it's a known thing that if you're a Sky or Virgin subscriber, just ring them once a year and say you're going to leave and you will get a cheaper deal because they want to keep it. It doesn't cost them any more to keep you. <clears throat> the cost of getting a new customer is much more expensive. So in a way, this package uh, reflects that and just legitimises that behaviour. The other thing that's happening at the moment, of course, is that they want to abolish the line rental charge. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, of course, it won't ever go away. It will just be rolled into the broadband cost. So while you think, mm. oh, I'm getting broadband for a couple of quid a month, the reality is you're paying the line rental plus your broadband. So your broadband fee will just go up to sort of but 25 quid. And That's yeah. more honest, though. I mean, that I, is more honest. I'm a Virgin subscriber, and so I don't... I mean, I get cable, so I don't need uh, a line. Um, but speaking to BT Openreach, 
they they won't tell you that. But so you still need line runs on. And in the end, ultimately, I mean, Virgin would tell me one thing, BT up which tell me the other thing. In the end, I just had to say, no, I don't want a line anymore. And of course, everything still works. Because like most people, I suspect, I don't actually use my landline to make no. phone calls. But is Virgin actually cheaper then? If you don't pay that line rental to BT, which you don't need, is Virgin cheaper? Well, Virgin's the same price Virgin was. It's just I'm not paying a tenner a month or whatever it was, 18 quid a month. Well, it's quite a lot, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like yeah. 18 to, quid a month. To, to, lend a line, to lend a line, to lease a line. It's always this thing in the tail, but it's the same kind of price wherever you go, yeah. so... But I, what I like about Now TV, and especially being able to buy this box on its own for 40 quid, is is just being able to get Sky stuff Yeah, when you want without it. the whole contract and but the whole shebang. That's really a lot important. of people can't afford it. It's also how people affordable. consume media now. Yeah. Like if you look at a, 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 a child, often they're on YouTube or whatever, and they're just watching things on demand. They're not you know, subscribing to... Uh, a weekly instalment of um, a uh, a story or whatever. Uh, I was thinking of this podcast, which is every week, but that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> um, so, so, so it it is also reflective in the way consumer trends are going. We want to consume the things we want to consume when we want to consume, and we don't have to plan twelve months in advance what kind of content we're going to enjoy. Good. Okay, let's uh, quickly go around the room. Then uh, I think Jim's got the hang of this now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Red Sky at Night, Customer's Delight, or Red Sky in the Morning, Murdoch's Warning. Uh, Jim Martin. Yeah, it's uh, it's a win for me. You have to say it. That's part of the fun. He just doesn't get it. I haven't got the idea. Red Sky at Night, Customer's Delight. I'm not going to make you say it. We'll get it right for the third time. David Price, Red Sky at Night, Customer's Delight. Red Sky in the Morning, Murdoch's Warning. Red Sky at Night, Customer's Delight. Excellent, David. Well done. So much better than Jim. Uh, Chris Martin. Red Sky at Night, Customer's Delight. Beautiful. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Seamless. Excellent. Okay, we'll take... We'll take a, it's a shame, though, because I wanted someone to say Red Sky in the morning, Murdoch's walking. <laughs> I was quite pleased with that. We'll take a short break, and then we'll come back and talk about vacations. If we took a holiday, took some time to celebrate, oh, yeah. just one day <laughs> out of life... It would be, it would be so nice. David Price, you are about to jet off on your holes. What are you taking with you and what are you leaving behind? Oh, this is such an exciting thing to talk about because I'm going on holiday. You are going on holiday. I I assume that most uh, listeners don't realise this, but I am occasionally allowed to leave the office. Um, Although this does create problems for next week in the podcast. Who are you going to have third on your list to make jokes about at the end? I reckon we'll probably find someone. Sort of thing. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm going on holiday. I'm going to take my iPhone and my iPad Pro. <laughs> That's quite boring. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> boringly predictable from the I mean, Mac uh, user. Yeah, I know, well, I mean, yes, possibly. But um, I'm not sure if I should be. And it's, I've been thinking about this week um, about uh, forgetting about work, uh, which obviously I won't. I'll be generating... Um, uh, engaging content whenever possible, even if only in my head. So you only do it on your holiday. Interesting. Uh, uh, no, um, but I was looking at some survey figures, and obviously, like all surveys, they're a bit suspect because they were commissioned by people that benefit from them. But um, apparently, British people take an average of three point two uh, gadgets with them when they go on holiday. Eight um, percent of the people said that they pack their electronic gadgets before they pack their underwear right 
which is you know a bit a bit ridiculous. Why does it matter what order you pack it? <laughs> well, it, but why is everybody having a go? Um, it's supposed it's to, to make sure they don't forget them. Well, yeah, it's supposed to signify the importance. Exactly, it's supposed to signify the relative importance. So they're like, right, first things first. Yeah. But get on the a iPad practical level, there. wherever you I, are, you can probably buy pants, but you might not be able to buy your own smartphone. I, yeah, I, I, also, I, you probably wouldn't want the iPhone at the bottom of the bag. I, I always pack first of all. Trousers, because they're the most sturdy. What about the time we went to Germany and you didn't take any trousers? <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I didn't realise you know, that you were going to spill beer on me <laughs> on the first night we went out, and therefore I'd have to borrow somebody else's trousers. Anyway, um, here's where I think that's weird. Go on, because. I would still be using all of, all of the stuff yeah. that I'm taking so right until the, the moment Who I leave. Who packs their phone in their suitcase? I don't. I, I don't think you're <laughs> recognising the significance of this. They're not actually worrying about the way in which you pack your bags <laughs> and in which on I top am. of which. They're just saying. <laughs> I what... think we're taking it too literally. Never I let think, David think, put think, things in your car boot. I think maybe you are. Is a maniac. Uh, yes, but um, I would like occasionally to have a bit of time off from technology and actually the interesting thing is that uh, i'm going uh, to france this time but when i go and see my uh, parents-in-law in suffolk they have this weird um oh i have to be careful what i'm saying in case they're listening they have this weird like um black spot house where um because they don't stay there very often they haven't got the internet and they haven't got the tv um and you can't get a phone signal in their house it's just like a really old house um so while you're in the house you just get cut off from absolutely everything that sounds great and i come back actually want a break from yeah and I, and I go there for like five days or whatever and i come back and it's like people are telling me oh this happened and that happened mm. and I'm like, i had no idea well you used to write that on holiday didn't you you could yeah, get, exactly. get the previous day's papers but actually it was quite nice when you got back because you'd buy a paper yeah. and it's like oh so what's been going on in the world kind of thing yeah yeah but i'm really bad at doing that um voluntarily so it only happens when it you know when i'm stuck with it yeah. So this time I'll be there. I'll I'll probably do a bit of writing um, on the iPad. Um, I don't take a laptop, but now that I've got the larger iPad, it's sort of like having a laptop. Mm. Um, but don't you think, so there's a counter argument to that, which is, so when I go on holiday, which isn't that often, because I don't really like holidays, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, it's really nice to relax. But one of the things that helps you to relax is I'll probably check email once a day. Yeah. No more than twice a day. That's my own personal rule. Like, I don't have my phone with me. I don't. I have a separate phone for which I can listen to music. I just have an old phone that I've got for that very reason. Actually, mm. in life as well as when I'm on holiday. But relaxation for me is kind of being able to check in, often not reply to anything, but just make sure I kind of know what's going on. Because what I don't want, what I hate to see, is when that when somebody gets back from holiday and then spends a the morning going for email. Because that's just getting yeah. it wrong. That's that's not efficient that's letting the technology drive the way you operate the overall the other alternative which i'm absolutely cool with people doing is just ignore email for two weeks and when you get back start from the morning you get back and just mm. ignore everything you missed um, but for me personally it's just part of relaxation i'm not going to be engaged throughout the day but i'm going to check in because i want to yeah are you a workaholic then i don't think i am particularly i just you know for you know like and there has to be a bit of give and take in life in general. And in general, we are a bit more flexible than we used to be. You know, our working culture here is not, you know, people work from home from time to time. Um, people have different hours depending on their their journey and their their work requirements. Mm. Um, the expectation is that that flexibility kind of comes with the fact that you're also always connected. Work isn't a, th- a place to which you go. It's a thing you do. Mm. It's a knowledge economy. Um, and again, it's, like I say, it's personal. I have no problem with someone going away for three weeks and not being in contact at all. Nothing we do is that important. Three weeks? I mean, 
it's that's extreme but if it happened it, it happens mm. it's like everything can be dealt with what what i think for me personally is i just i like to have a level of contact uh, contact but i like to ration it so that it's just it's me relaxing and enjoying that rather than it driving me i'd hate to be checking my phone all the time on the beach or something yeah and a lot of people do. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the culture. And for, I think for a lot of people, I think you're unusual actually. I think for a lot of people, the technology drives them, and they feel that because they can do it, they have to do it, and they feel like they have to sort of. But is it have to? Because I'm the same sometimes. Where I'll find myself just flicking around my phone all the time, looking at mm. Facebook constantly, looking at you know whatever, Twitter, and that I think it's it's that's me. It's there, but I could do something else. Yeah. Like I could consciously make the decision. Yeah. I try to make the decision at the weekend and the, the bits of spare time I get, I'm going to sit and read, for instance, because I know I've learnt that I'm more, I'm happier, but I'm also healthier when I do that. But it's a conscious decision. I, I'll take your point. You, you, it wouldn't happen without the the um, gadget being there. But I think that's the person rather than the gadget, I think, personally. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there's so much going on constantly and it's so accessible. Mm. There isn't, it's not like there's ever a point where you can go on Facebook and Twitter and there isn't anything new. Yeah. There's always going to be something. Maybe there should be like a holiday setting. I'm yeah. actually being yeah. serious. Maybe there should be a holiday setting where think, you just get it, yeah. you get very limited amounts of stuff, but you get stuff. But that wouldn't be in their interest. So no, of course it would, it would, it would yeah. never happen. But it's interesting because you can pay, you can specifically go on like technology-free holidays mm. and those kind of retreats. That yeah, that you festival. went to a festival, didn't you? I yeah. did. I went to Innocent Smoothies Festival called Innocent Unplugged, which was kind of like anti-tech, mm. specifically phones, really. But the campsite, it was kind of like, yeah, it's all fine, go on your phones. But then when once you walked through the forest to kind of get to where the 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 stage was and the tents and stuff and where stuff was happening, that was like a no-tech zone. Mm. Um, it wasn't like policed or you know enforced or anything that would be kind of against the spirit of it if you got um, tasered (laughs) (laughs) threw your phone out um but so there were people still doing it but it was it was quite minimal yeah um and there were these cases that you could put your phone in and basically lock it in the case so you couldn't actually get to it Um, are you getting itchy fingers no i really liked it i mean like when i go on holiday i try not to use uh tech very much i do like matt i do check in a little bit yeah. Just to like, because it's kind of it's not that relaxing to w- be wondering what's going on. Yeah, exactly. On. It's triage. Um, I think it's like I, mean, I, I can't do that with email anyway on the train. Like, I just try, I try and make sure I've, it's not like when I get to work, I then open my email browser because yeah. that feels. But then the other thing is, and this is something one of our colleagues, Luke, taught me a couple of years ago, is is like not to sleep in the same room as your phone, and to actually like consciously, I, I usually between half eight and nine, I put my phone to one side. So I'm not connected. Actually, like for instance, often I'll have my laptop on my lap and I'll be doing something, but I'm not, I'm not connected in the same way. If you know what I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not being. Uh, what's the word? It's like having do not disturb one. I can still go and look, but are I'm you... not. It's, the, the phone's not um, reaching out to me yeah. uh, and telling me that things are happening. See, I fall firmly into the camp of people who just dump their, you know, phones in flight mode and then don't connect at all when I'm on holiday. I'm so distracted by family and the fact that we're away. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be bothered by email. I'm, if I'm on holiday, unless there is an emergency, in which case someone could phone me. They'll phone you, yeah, exactly. Know, and that rarely there is anyway. <clears throat> we don't work in the kind of industry where there's emergencies that demand that somebody who's on holiday needs to take any action. So There's a podcast emergency. 
Yeah, no, completely. And and mm-hmm. as I say, that's perfectly legitimate. I think. I think the trick to do then is just when you get back is not to spend time on email. Just because right. because if it's important, absolutely, someone, someone will have called you yeah. and they'll and they'll they'll, 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 they'll come back to you. Yeah, anyway, so. yeah. I mean, going back to the original question, which was what would you take on um, holiday? Oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to mention one thing, which is a drone. Pe- loads of people are t- thinking what? about taking their drones on holiday. You've just ruined and, it after all this thing you've said about leaving it all behind. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm talking about being connected. Like on so I don't yeah. go on social media and stuff. I don't post pictures from the beach all the time. I'm from like, your drone. From my now I could yeah Yeah. you see but the the interesting thing is um, that loads of people have them now and now they're thinking hey this year I'm going to take it so I can take this amazing footage of you know the place I'm going to Um, but the information about whether you're actually allowed to fly your drone with a camera in these different countries it just doesn't really yeah. exist at the well, moment but even like how do you pack it up and take it on a plane well there's plenty of cases and plenty it of could fly alongside the it's plane. actually <laughs> you could not look it out the window <laughs> oh, no. yourself my battery's getting low <laughs> no uh i'm, I'm <laughs> going to, on the window uh, in a couple oh, of weeks time i'm actually going to spain and it's very hard trying to get a definitive answer on am i allowed to fly a drone in spain and you know, film the beach, or you know, be, film I'd around love to the just old. Speak to somebody from ten town. years ago and say, "Yeah, well, no. that's what we are now worried <laughs> what about." What a time to be alive! Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, that would never even occur to me. It's like the equivalent to people didn't used to take their remote control car on holiday, did they? It's like, or their train set. <laughs> but a <laughs> drone is not a remote control toy. It's yeah, a flying it's a, camera. I suppose so, it yeah. is. It's, it's a, kind it's, of a toy. It's, it's like it is a toy. It's a gadget, but. <laughs> like taking it, you know, people take their, their, Can their I take camcorders. My, on <laughs> <laughs> well, my son takes his toys on I holiday. I suppose that, that, you know, it's, it's a legitimate um, thing to do, isn't it? You you can take your camcorder on the beach and probably no one's going to stop you. But if you start flying yeah, a, you're an unmanned annoy If it's machine, a nudist beach, I think someone might question you. You're going to annoy a lot of people if you do it on the beach. I think so, yeah, because people do get... I mean, like, you know, you don't want your children to be photographed by someone else or, you know, it is... I don't know. And I also think there's a wider thing. Like, was it last year or the year before everyone was taking pictures of their feet when they were when they were lying on a sun lounger and it was like and they're hey, taking a picture of their I'm... legs and they're, and yeah. they're saying, "Are they hot dogs?" Remember <laughs> that that little fat. It's just, but it's good. like there's this whole thing of like like what Jim was saying. Just focus on being there and enjoying yourself, not how you broadcast that to the world. Or mm. it's a different question, but you know, who's going to look at your drone footage from the beach? Really, well, we live in we live in the age of broadcasts being more important than receiving. Yeah. Is, it, is it people spend more time saying what they're doing than yeah. reading yeah. what other people are? Yeah. On that bombshell, let's finish this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks, David. So let's uh, let's quickly go around the room. Let's just say that we have more um, podcasters than we have listeners. Yeah, on, almost certain. Yeah. <laughs> I bet we do. Um, let's go around the room. See if Jim gets it this time. The options are born vacances. Or home is where the heart is. Ah, bon vacances. Brilliant, Jim. David Price. <laughs> bon vacances. Chris Martin. Home is where the heart home is. Home is where the heart is. An excellent ITV series of years gone by. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it was terrible. Uh, so, thank you for participating and thank you for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash or, indeed, if you're interested in advertising. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. And we'll be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Uh, do find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source noise. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. Cheerio. Bye.
UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.